Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. <laughs> Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he. Armstrong and Getty. Hi, yo! It's Friday live from Studio C. Oh, Senor! Know what it is? Dimly lit room, deep, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, now today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Joe Biden, Donald Trump. Head to, well, not head to, squaring up, not squaring up, uh, on different networks, and uh, the, the moderator of the debate that was on, then it was virtual, then it was off for some reasons, a liar and a crazy person, Joe Biden's uh, intern in uh, uh, America. I'm going to ask you to take a long, hard look in the mirror. Hey, now. We can do better than this. Uh, so we're in the middle of October, right? According to my figures... My kids are really excited about Halloween. I'd be interested if other people's kids are. It's been canceled. I have a feeling that... Canceled uh, by Dr. Fauci. Since there were no fireworks, maybe you didn't go on any sort of vacation. There was no 4th of July parade. You know, none of the things your kids normally do all summer long. You did, they didn't go to any camps. Right. Uh, I feel like the, 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 you know, my kids just have this pent-up do-something... Fun and big well, right. uh, feeling, and uh, they're really excited. They're more excited about Halloween than I think they ever have been. I think Halloween is usually, for a kid, a, a beautiful tropical island. This year, it's a beautiful tropical island when you've been floating on driftwood for two weeks and are about dead. I mean, they're desperate for something festive and fun and seeing people, socializing. I'm really, yeah, it's huge. I'm really worried the state I live in or the county I live in is going to put the kibosh on it. Civil disobedience, folks. When the law overreaches, you reach back. I hope Twitter doesn't ban me for saying that. It sounds vaguely threatening. When they overreach, you reach back. Yeah, you reach back and you grab what's yours, huh? Okay. All right. Fantastic. All right. Was there a single vote in America changed by the dueling town halls last night? Mm. Probably not. I assume everybody watched the... I didn't watch any of it, but I assume... uh, People that are into that sort of thing watched the candidate that they already supported. I dipped into both because I do this for a living. I will tell you this. The one town hall was a prosecution. The other was a massage. Yeah, I've taken in some of the highlights. And uh, yeah, I, I, I watched Howard Kurtz, the media critic, uh, talking about it. And yeah, that's, that's something. And, and the massage was uh, just enough to challenge the muscle a little bit. All right, this could be a slightly uncomfortable Oh, that stuff you said about uh, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. Explain what you meant by that, because we know you're a kind and loving man. I mean, that was like the challenge. <laughs> and didn't bring up Hunter Biden. No. Uh, meanwhile, George Snuffleupagus was, uh, I'm sorry, Savannah Guthrie was uh, brutalizing uh, President Trump. I mean, it was it, it, it was to the point of ridiculousness. He, You know how he's disavowed white supremacy 20 times? Well, he had to do it five more last night. It was just, it, well, it, it, I, and I want to talk more about that a little bit later on in the show. The number of Trump votes generated by the 
utter insanity, the the viciousness, the unfairness, the fevered uh, attacks on him. Geraldo of all people was talking about that. So we'll we'll talk about that. So NBC took a lot of attacks by the Twitter left for even allowing uh, Trump to be on the network, giving him airtime. And Joe Behar on the what is that loudmouth uh, the View yelling show? Yeah, Cacklin the View and Henfest. Just thought oh, it was. She said, "Well, you know, they're in the bag for Trump. It was the network of The Apprentice. NBC's in the bag for Trump. Oh my, that's God. hilarious. That is hilarious." <laughs> And uh, and then uh, Diane Feinstein got beat up by the Twitter left yesterday because she said kind things about Lindsey Graham and hugged him at the end of the day. Whatever. So <laughs> Twitter left ought to be rounded up and and and, uh, and uh, okay, put in a comfortable summer camp. I realize I play just, volleyball. I realize I just mentioned them, but nobody should pay any attention to the the Twitter extremes. No, no, oh, no, pol- no political party should pay no. any attention to that. No, no. Anyway, we're heading into the weekend, so come on, huh? What? Can do some fun stuff. What do you oh got? yeah, we had a lot of good stuff today. I, actually, you know, I'd lie, but I'm not in this case. Uh, <laughs> the show's jam packed with great content. If we didn't have great content, you would say we did. Oh yeah, is your point? Absolutely. Okay, but today's not one of those. But, days. Uh, no, there's no need to do without that. a twinge of conscience. I would, but in this case, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Let's introduce everybody in the squad. He's been married for dang near a week. It's Michelangelo, our board operator. How are you, Michael? I'm good. I think this year I'll be one of those busybody neighbors that'll report trick or treaters. You know, uh, yeah, nine one one. Yeah, there there appears to be a seven year old in a Batman costume and a ten year old in a Princess Leia outfit walking the neighborhood. Yes. You get somebody out here, can't have it. It looks like the dad's dressed up like Doctor Fauci. I'm surprised. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised it isn't a thing to have masks that are masks. That, that 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 I thought that that would happen. I'll bet it has. I'm just I not aware. Of it. I would be shocked if that hasn't, uh, you know, occurred yet. A lot of ninjas this year. Yeah. All right. Been perusing the uh, the Halloween costumes at the stores, and uh, there's been no indication of anything different, other than a much smaller selection than usual. You could have the little girls dress up as fundamentalist Muslim women in the full beekeeper outfit. Oh. Or that's that's, that's probably cultural appropriation. That's just a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well, and sometimes the internet just uh, presents me with a piece of content that just really, really makes my heart sing. And uh, I would like to present you uh, all with with the Beach Sea Boys. Now this I'm is sorry. Say that again. The Beach Sea Boys. The Beach Sea Boys. Now uh, this is a single person who is going to sing a Beastie Boys song in the style mm. of the Beach Boys. Finally, giving you the clever name, the Beach Sea Boys. Excellent. Gotta fight for your right to party. Gotta fight for your right to party. You gotta fight. Man, you don't want to go And you ask your mom, please But she still says no <laughs> Kind of have to fill a little bit here, I guess You miss two classes and no homework But your teacher preaches class Like you're some kind of jerk You gotta fight Nice Beautiful Oh, I delighted <laughs> in that That's great I'm gonna I'm gonna work on posting that up At the Armstrong and Getty website Give me a couple minutes I'll get it Which up Which is, of course, armstrongandgetty.com What else would it be? Now, a competitor needs to do Beach Boys songs in the style of the Beastie Boys. <laughs> and they can I, go and go on tour together. As soon as I find that, I will also play it on awesome. the air. <laughs> uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. Because He's... we're surfing! <laughs> exactly. Surfing USA! Yeah! <laughs> exactly. Come on! 
Friday, October 16th, the year 2020, where Armstrong and Getty and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin waxing our boards precisely according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. Mr. Vice President, if you lose, what will that say to you about where America is today? Well, it could say that I'm a lousy candidate and I didn't do a good job. I have terrible news for Trump fans. Uh, Biden came off uh, reasonable, uh, thoroughly acquainted with policy, and not senile. No, if you if you went into it just from the highlights I've seen, if you went into it uh, and not knowing anything about him, you wouldn't come. You wouldn't have left thinking, "Oh boy, that guy is." Uh, no, you might ask how old he is because he's really an old man. He looks very old, uh, but uh, he he did not. He was not doddering. Right. They gave him a shot in the ass or something. Well, yeah. He sleeps. They give him a big fat shot in the ass, and right. he shuts down his campaign every day at like nine and goes back to bed. And it's he, Denny's, he, then he, goes to bed. <laughs> it's Denny's, and he builds up enough uh, energy for whenever one of these events come along. Right, then they have the, the you know the best doctors on the left in America preparing exactly the right dose of Adderall and stimulants and the rest of it uh, for when he does these appearances. Fantastic. So, so judging by your grades, I'm guessing you didn't see his answer on the the filibuster. No, I did not. Oh no, I missed that. Yeah, yeah, here it is. And an old oh, shoe bastard. Bushwagon, <laughs> for a Kruger, Kruger, you jerk. He's on a roll away. He got us. He got us. <laughs> Always funny. Um, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's outstanding. Plus, we have to squeeze in clips of the week. What? This is too much festivity for one day. On the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There is a Russian disinformation plan to convince people that the British COVID vaccine will turn you into a monkey. Oh, I don't want to be a monkey. More on that coming up later. Is it reversible? Because I'd try that out for a weekend. That's true. If it's reversible, who wouldn't want to do it for a while? My weekend as a monkey. I'd be swinging from so many trees. My weekend as a monkey. 10,000 words in the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> Mailbag coming up in a moment or two. Oh, that one Ooh. was controversial. Ooh, we're we're going to have to go to the tape. <laughs> Mailbag's coming up in a moment or two, but right now it's time to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. And it, you know, gets you a buzz. Oh, come on. I'm coming. You've been sitting there for half an hour and I'm enjoying myself. You know, you're just like your mother. Which is probably a good idea since the Sizzler Buffet is the closest thing America has to a Wuhan wet market. Like, why is it so crowded? It's Gay Pride Month. Ah, tank tops. Syrup percent body fat. Two guys kissing. Rainbow flags. Ah! I didn't know that. That's what I learned. Civics is the stuff we're all supposed to agree on, regardless of our policy views differences. And the most likely result would be that lower courts, who are bound by Obergefell, would shut such a lawsuit down and it wouldn't make its way up to the Supreme Court. But if it did, it would be the same process I've described. I'll kiss the guys and the beautiful women and um, everybody. I'll just give you a big fat kiss. Like, oh, you're impressed that a kid can record a TikTok? It's literally one button. Was that mansplaining? Why don't we just retire that phrase forever? What I say to you is, I don't know why you're always an apologist 
and many of your colleagues apologists for the Republican position. Uh, and we'll leave it on that note. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us. No, we'll leave us. it on the vote that you are not right on this, Wolf, and I hate to say that to uh, you. And it's not about me, it's about millions of Americans who can't put food on the table, who can't pay the rent. Last year, around this time, they released the iPhone 11, and it makes you wonder what these guys are planning next. What, the iPhone 13? Do you hate little warm puppies? <laughs> I do not hate little warm puppies. This was mass censorship on a scale that America has never experienced, not in 245 years. Kid, when he did come back, he'd bring all the spirits back to the house and they'd just stay around for days. I think maybe he started doing drugs and partying a bit much. That last clip, if you missed the story, was a crazy woman who uh, broke up with her boyfriend who was a ghost because she thinks it's on drugs. They didn't just break up. She called off the wedding. Yeah, I, I, that's a good point, Sean. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. Mailbag. New Hunter Biden emails out today that are all about his partying lifestyle. I'm Exciting. Not, not sure we need to know that. Ah, uh, no. No, we probably don't. I was going to go with another George Orwell quote for the freedom-loving quote of the day because I think it's so good. Um, he said in the his classic 1984, But if thought corrupts language, language can also corrupt thought, which is why the left works so hard to redefine common words. And so you get mixed up in your head between your old definition and the new definition, and you're not quite sure what to think. It's a common technique, and it's, it's insidious, but brilliant. Uh, but what I'm going to go with instead, because the last couple of days we've been talking about Orwell describing how, for instance, he said the most effective way to destroy people is to deny and obliterate their own understanding of their history. Second best way, flamethrower. You, re- <laughs> you, you, you tear people away from their history and strand them in the present. Nothing is true but the present. You can get them to forget who they are and their principles. It, the more I think about it, the more interesting it becomes. And uh, alert listener Bruce sent along a Carl Sandburg quote, very similar to Orwell's thinking. Second and, baseman for the Cubs? That's right. Carl Ryan Sandburg. Um, quote, when a nation goes down or a society perishes, one condition may always be found. They forgot where they came from. The great philosophers, or at least a couple of them, agree on this point. Hmm. If you're the contemplative sort, uh, contemplate it. If you're not, meh. And as always, if you don't know what introspection is, you need to take a long, hard look at yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So clever. Steve passed this along. Uh, Do you remember the... God... It's a tempest in a teapot gives it too much credit. But the half-wit senator from Hawaii, Maisie Hirono, attempted to shame Amy Coney Barrett for using the phrase sexual preference. Well, uh, the Webster's Dictionary, Merriam-Webster, right? Um, ACB did go on to apologize for it. She did. She said, oh, if that's objectionable, I apologize. But that day... And this has been preserved through screen captures the rest of it. Webster's Dictionary Online changed their definition of sexual preference. They rejiggered all of it so that it was no longer approved. It included a definition of preference as orientation or sexual preference. Today, they changed it and added the word offensive. 
Insane. There's a thing called the Wayback Machine that preserves uh, websites a couple of uh, days, weeks, whatever. Really? I didn't know, that, didn't know that existed. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah. In response to a conservative being accused of being a bigot, the uh, the dictionary changed their definition. Wow, we are in some weird times. Yeah, I see. Dictionaries change their definitions based on the political whims. Oh, and then uh, also one, one of our beloved, beloved listeners did a Twitter search on the phrase sexual preference. And over the last just couple of years, there were hundreds, thousands, and thousands of progressives who said, you can't discriminate on against someone because of their sexual preference. They use sexual preference interchangeably with sexual orientation. I think it was okay years ago. I don't think it's okay now. I think it's one of those deals. It Please do not use but, gender well, my, language my point to, is last, to address everyone. Listen, you and your breathless anger. We have an elevator. Use that next time. Don't need to take the stairs every time. He's so winded. Yeah, but the point is, is that last week, last month, last year, progressives all across America used the term without hesitation well, or prejudice. They were on the wrong side of history. Oh, then. Okay. Yeah, right. We got, only got 30 seconds, Michael? Yeah, yep. the oppression of the clock. <laughs> Let's see. What do I have? That is interesting, though. Oh, you know what? This is great. It's worth squeezing in. Kathy in San Diego is a mom of several uh, small children, and she said she recognized in Amy Coney Barrett's answers to the ridiculous and stupid questions by the senators a mom being patient with silly questions from little kids. I think that is an astute (laughs) observation, (laughs) Kathy. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This oh. photographs are disgusting, and they make him a national security risk for the United States of America. Because every photograph I have, China has, plus a lot more. They reveal federal crimes, they reveal disgusting sexual behavior, and then they re- reveal sexual behavior, and then they reveal numerous times where he has totally gone on crack which means he spent most of the last five years on crack, and who would pay this man $2, Rudy, Rudy, much let less me ask you $10 million dollars if he's a crack addict? All right. I, I, That's I, a good question. I hate to have to step off the Hunter Biden email train, but uh, I think i got to get off at this stop. I'm looking at the New York Post today, so they've had three days in a row of revelations from uh, Hunter Biden's computer. Yes. And day one, good, interesting stuff, legitimate story. It's a crime that uh, Facebook and Twitter wouldn't print it. It's a crime that it was not brought up in the uh, town hall last night. And day two, you know, some more on the China stuff. Also, newsworthy. Today, it's just all personal pictures and emails. I think it's a crime that you printed it, New York Post. Point I of order, it's, sir. It's just awful. Um, I'm just I'd, going I'd through like some to of this. Contemplate they're, that. they're quoting all kinds. Of, well, the headline is reveals a man dealing with the death of his brother and how difficult it is to raise teenagers and all this different stuff. And it's just personal correspondence, like between you and your daughters oh, about them being in college, inexcusable, or you know, uh, touching moments between him and his brother as he's dying and stuff like that. Yeah. There's no freaking need for us to see that at all. Okay, let me address the Rudy Giuliani thing, and there are a few situations that are improved by Rudy becoming part of them, honestly, <laughs> at this point, with all due respect to his, his stunningly effective leadership of New York City, uh, nigh on two decades ago. Uh 
the the stuff Rudy was saying about the drug use, the sexual activity, the rest of it is absolutely a security risk stuff. Having had now multiple relatives go through uh, background check, security checks for various levels of clearance, including times when I had to answer Who questions. Who are we prosecuting here, Hunter Biden or Joe Biden? Joe Biden. Joe Biden would never pass a standard security background check with his son up to his neck in illegal drugs really? and crazy sex. I don't know that. Oh, that's a huge red flag. Huge. So if I'm if I'm uh, I'm applying for some job, whatever it is, and my son's on the other side of the country, he's 50 years old. His lifestyle's out of control. That means I can't get a uh, not necessarily. It's just a huge red flag, and they would have to work through that, and they would have to work very carefully through it and satisfy those whose job is to just. Better say no. I mean, did Jimmy Carter have that problem with his brother, Billy Carter, who was a big beer drinker? Oh, it was. They were absolutely aware of it. Of course, he was a beer drinker. He's a fat old Southern boy like beer. I mean, come on. It's not the same as crack. No, no, it's not. I don't drink anymore. I've forgotten. Well, you can't do long prison term for, uh, you know, dealing in beer. <laughs> we don't. Unless, just... you're, unless you're hauling coors across the country. In defiance of the law in 1972 with Burt Reynolds. I'm uncomfortable looking at these pictures and reading some of these texts that are out in the New York Post today. Why, why are you showing me this? The stuff? family stuff is terribly inappropriate. It, it's, it's grotesque. And, you know, I haven't read it, uh, but it, it sounds terrible the way you describe it. You want to know what he felt like after his brother died? Uh, he was probably grief-stricken. Yeah, no kidding. Why are you telling me that's, this? That's way out of bounds, I'd New York say. Post. That's disgusting. Um... So, uh, speaking of uh, disgusting and, and poor opinions of things, perhaps you become... I, I guess the point there is yes. there are no limits now. There are no limits. Uh, apparently not. <clears throat> when you're trying to take down political opponents. Yeah. Like so many things in life, the New York Times is... Uh, I'm sorry. The New York Times uh, is, is, is an embarrassment. Uh, the New York Post is neither uh, entirely good nor entirely bad. They are uh, sensationalistic, they are irresponsible, and they are also a serious newspaper. Um, it's just the way of the world these days. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of you just, some things either 100% good or 100% bad, which is, by the way, the topic we're about to get into. Uh, do you know who Ben Sass is? He's a senator from Nebraska. We have both expressed great admiration for uh, the senator, uh, his intellect, his uh, his moral compass, his uh, eloquence. Um, he just seems like a great guy. Uh, he also has a very low opinion, it turns out, of Donald J. Trump. What? He was, and he's a Republican. I thought you got to be 100% for something or 100% against it. Ben Sass was on a constituent call when he was asked about his relationship with the president. What is a constituent call? I've actually uh, been on them with my uh, congressman on a handful of occasions. You organize a giant conference call. You put out a newsletter from your... Uh, your uh, campaign office or your, you know, your your district office saying, hey, uh, the senator is going to be doing a, a call, a conference call. Here's how you log on. Here's a code. And he gets on. He talks about the things he's working on. And then they take questions um, curated usually in one way or another. And they usually say if you want to ask a question and it's the staff then cues you up. But somebody said, how's your relationship with the president? What do you think working with him? And he's not in a tough reelection campaign. No, he's not. No, he's immensely popular in Nebraska. So he spent roughly 60 seconds talking about, yeah, we've worked on this and that, and it's gone pretty well, he said. And the president gets treated incredibly unfairly by the media. 
and uh, and and he's really up against it. Blah blah blah. He said, you know, the truth is, um, I have some problems with the guy. And then he went on for, I believe, nine minutes with his problems with the president, huh. including clip thirty. The way he kisses dictators' butts. I mean, the way he um, ignores that the Uyghurs are in literal concentration camps in Xinjiang right now. He hasn't lifted a, a finger on behalf of the Hong Kongers. I mean, he and I have a very different foreign policy. It isn't just that he fails to lead our allies. It's that we, the United States now regularly sells out our allies under his leadership. The way he treats women and spends like a, a drunken sailor. The ways I criticize President Obama for that kind of spending, I criticize President Trump for as well. He mocks. Um, evangelicals behind closed doors. His, his family has treated the presidency like a business opportunity. He's flirted with white supremacists. Wow, that's uh, that's some pretty hard-hitting stuff. Yeah, we got this note from, I believe it's Michael, judging by the uh, email uh, handle. Shame on you, Joe, for heaping praise on this guy. <laughs> so Good luck the, shaming me. Wh- I woke why, up ashamed, you jackass. Why did... <sighs> Shame! Shame! Shame. Shame. Why mm. did Ben Sass do that? I don't know. <laughs> I ain't no psychic. I, I, uh, politicians rarely uh, do things without a reason. Right. I, I mean, he has to know, you know, and we're a couple of weeks out from a presidential election. Right. Uh, Is yes. he positioning himself for the future? He's not in a re-election campaign. He's not in a situation like Lindsey Graham is tied with somebody in South Carolina could actually lose, and I'm sure he's, you know, thinking every day, do I embrace Trump more? Do I distance myself from Trump? You know what? I'm sorry. Ben Sass is not in that situation. Did he think this was secret and was talking to constituents and this wouldn't come out? Well, if he did, he's an idiot. Yeah, he couldn't think that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I actually kind of do know why he said it, come to think of it. Um, You lied. You claimed you didn't know. I misremembered. That's not a thing. Um... Mr. Sass told constituents during the call he was concerned that the president's failures and stupid political obsessions would empower Democrats. Quote, if young people become permanent Democrats because they've just been repulsed by the obsessive nature of our politics, or if women were still willing to vote with the Republican Party in 2016, decided that they need to turn away from this party permanently in the future, etc., he's among the Republicans who think Trump is doing permanent damage to the brand. Huh. I wonder how much he's into the saving the Senate. I, I, I think that's a fascinating political question. That, that was the other thing he said. He went on at some length that that is way more important than oh, the presidency. Oh, well, I've said this a bunch of times, but it's absolutely true. Trump loses. I'm sad. The Senate flips and I'm scared. My right. life is actually impacted. Yes. Biden's president and the Republicans keep the Senate. It's going to be pretty hard for him to do much change. And the Republicans are going to have a wave election two years from now. So that was his point. And a, a brief note to my oh, conservative friends, because politics is so fevered these days. Uh, you know, maybe it's that we do it for a living. And if we were fevered all the time, I'd be dead of a heart attack. You, you have to step back from it and understand it. Watch it like a, a sports analyst does sports. Um, so uh, we probably feel a little bit differently than some of you do about it, which is fine. We still you know, appreciate you being here. It is absolutely undeniable on the conservative side of the ledger. You have uh, Trump worshipers. People who just love him. And then you have people who really appreciate the judges, some of the policies confronting China. You know you know the list, right? Um, uh, you know, the peace in the Middle East, the being a real friend to Israel, moving the, the embassy to, to Jerusalem, just all of that. There's a long list of stuff he's done great. Um, but, we, but they, we, you, find the guy 
really flawed. I mean, terribly flawed and and like dangerous, like a grenade that could still go off. You have to understand part a huge part of Trump's constituency is people like that. And Ben Sass is one of those people. And if you slit Ben Sass throat because you're offended he doesn't like Trump very much, you just you're going to lose the Senate. Uh, don't take politics personally. I was reading yesterday how in 96, late in the game, when they realized that Bob Dole was going to lose. I mean, there's just no getting around it. He was so far behind. Nobody's mm-hmm. been as far behind as Trump since Bob Dole running against Clinton in 96. And they at some point pivoted toward we need to be a check on Bill Clinton. Save the Senate. Yes. As a, as a, you know, to get people to the polls. Yeah. Yeah. And I want, is there any chance that happens this time around or is Trump too popular? Cause he is incredibly popular among Republicans. I want to play one more clip for you because I want this to be a 360 degree discussion of Trump and his fans and his detractors. Uh, Geraldo Rivera, of all people, were on uh, Fox and Fiends this Jerry morning. Jerry Rivers is his real name. Jerry Rivers uh, in clip 32. I've been accused of overstatement in my long career. This is not an overstatement to say this was a de facto coup, a continuing coup attempt to undo the election of 2016. And it continues to this very day. The media is so enormously stacked against this man. Even if I don't agree with his policies, the reason I'm so sympathetic to Donald Trump is that I feel that he really gets the short end of the stick on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. He's judged by a far harsher uh, standard than than uh, the the Democrat is it is uh, than uh, Joe Biden is in this case, but the Democrats generally are. I, I think that w- with the what happened with the guy from C-SPAN and his and his connections and his back bench dealing and everything else really is an indication is an indication that these people are arrayed against the president and they try to overdo gotcha. one another in who can condemn him most effectively. Right. And then you had the absolutely true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Indisputable. Then you had the dueling town halls last night, one of which was a prosecution, the other of which was a massage. It was astounding. And, you know, this actually happened to me a couple of times in real life. And there's a guy in your class in high school, for instance. You don't love him. You have an uneasy relationship or a girl, maybe. Um, They're kind of quirky. They're a misfit, whatever. You don't love them. But then you see people picking on them, being really cruel, really brutal, really damaging that person's spirit. They become monsters, and you have to stand up for that person. You didn't like them much, but you can't have that sort of incredible unfairness, especially when it's wearing that cruel, smug smile that people get when they have power over someone else. And that's the American media right now. And I know so many people, good people, smart people, who say, F it, I'm voting for Trump. I don't care. He makes me. I'm voting for Trump. You can't get me to not vote for Trump because of resentment of the radical, ugly, racist, smug left. And that's going on these days, too. It's a bit of a complicated stew. And I'm not ordering it again. I don't like it. Yuck. <laughs> it's a sick enough. Uh-huh. That's right, sir. Coming up, we got a kindergarten teacher ups, upsets a mom by drinking and cursing while out with friends. Uh, Why would you be upset with it? Oh, um, well, out <laughs> with friends. Um, oh. Among other stories, in class. <laughs> we have to get to our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
While the World Health Organization is out warning that the daily COVID-19 death toll in Europe could reach five times its April peak this winter. Now, is that one of those, you know, I could also get, you know, shot in the head by a mugger today, but it's probably pretty unlikely. I hope not. Um, uh, I, it could, yeah. I don't probably describing the extreme range of yeah. a statistical model, okay. which is picked up by the media yeah. for clickbait. Yeah. Um, although certainly there's a prospect of it worsening during the winter because we spend much more time indoors. It's mm. just it's obvious. Yeah. Uh, the the SEC, the biggest uh, conference in college football by far. They've won fourteen of the last fifteen championships, something like that. Something crazy. Um, uh, they've postponed two games this week, and they're. Biggest coach, most famous coach, uh, Coach Saban of Alabama. He's he's out with the COVID, so uh, they're r- really uh, you know you can't miss a whole lot of games in a short college football season and still have it mean much. Um, so that league might not be able to pull it off. And the NFL's got a couple of more teams that got COVID problems where they've shut down their their facilities and stuff like that. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull off their whole season either. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm in the middle of a movie and I have no idea how this ends. Right. Nationwide, COVID cases are up 25%. That's the 14-day rolling average. Looking at daily numbers is stupid. But the rolling average over two weeks is up 25%. Again, I, I never have any idea you know, what the testing rate is now right. in this state. Versus, right. It's not a random sample. But uh, anyway, deaths are yes. uh, uh, down 2%. Still down, but not much. Edging down. Kind of getting flatter. Do they have hospitalizations there? I know those stats are incredibly difficult to compile because every state does it differently. But on our current pace, we're going to be at 240, 240,000 dead by the day after the election. Mm-hmm. And I remember a, a good friend of mine, um, we were talking about uh, the COVID when it first started in March. And uh, I don't remember where I came up with the number 80,000 for some reason. And he said, oh, I think it'll be many multiples of that. And I thought, geez, you do. I hope you're wrong. And I thought, Oof. no way, he's he's out of his mind. Oof. And it is, well, it's going to be at least three times that in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And we're not done yet. Mm. Mm. All right, uh, keep working on those vaccines, would you? Chris Christie says, wear a mask. Now that he's out of the hospital, we got, we'll hear from him a little bit later in the show. He's on Good Morning America today. But he is in the hospital for a while, and uh, he says, wear a mask. I should have worn a mask. That was a dumb thing to do to not wear a mask. I'm so tired of that conversation. There's so much misinformation flying around. There's so many people impassionately emailing us with their own Alterna doctor or Alterna website with their strong opinion. What's the matter with you guys? Read this. Okay. All right. What if I, uh, what if I wear a mask and it turns out I'm wrong and only helps a little bit? What's the damage I've done? Well, there are some people pitching the idea that it's actually harmful. It'll give you the vid. Oh, okay. Which I find ridiculous, but... Um, go ahead, write your impassioned emails. Everybody needs a hobby. So I have kind of a philosophical question for you here. In this hypothetical, you're dealing with a business, well, multiple businesses. You're trying to figure out who you want to do business with. It's a fairly high-dollar transaction, an ongoing relationship. You'll be doing business with these people going forward. You got company A. You put in a call, drop in an email, whatever. They get right back to you. Really friendly uh, gal. Gets right back to, to me. Um, says, uh, makes it absolutely clear. They are more than delighted to talk to you, and they would love to win your business. Company B, you can't get a call back. There's only one point of contact. Made a call, dropped a couple of emails. It's been three days. Can't get a call back. I'm amazed at how often that happens when I'm trying to do something. I think, you don't want business, or what's your deal? Now, if the guy, like, just lost his wife, God forbid, Mm. or something like that. Got the COVID. That's that's something. But wouldn't there be somebody going over his messages? Because his job is the people who want to do business with us 
director. How often is it an innocent explanation? We had a screw up with the phone system. The guy's been in here all week. And how much is it an indication of, no, go somewhere else? What do you think? I don't know. I often wonder that in that um, I, 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 I hate punishing businesses because they're they're probably not very highly paid person who answers the phone was the way this they were. This is a job with a title. But, uh, yeah, this is not a receptionist. I This is director of blah, blah. I really hate spending my money at places that don't seem to care whether I'm there or not. That really yeah. pisses me off. Even if it's a better price, I will walk out of a place if they don't seem like they care. Yeah, well, I'm going to I'm gonna make one more call today and, and try to figure it out. Um, but my gut is telling me if they were sharp and really wanted to win your business... They would have systems in place in case the poor son of gun lost somebody close to him or has the vid or whatever. That that that's a sign, you know? Probably. Your gut usually is right. It's gotta be really frustrating. Except when it tells me to eat one more piece of pizza, then it's completely wrong. Well, who are you just gonna let it sit in the box all night? Or just one more. <laughs> that's not enough for leftovers. You're gonna put this in a plastic bag, one piece? Why? I'm lonely. <laughs> I'll make your fridge smell. Why don't you just eat me? Uh, next hour is a blockbuster. Seriously, we've got a lot of great stuff. Don't go away. Armstrong and Getty.